0: Welcome to the Success Agent Podcast, hosted by JP Fluellen, your expert guide on best practices, tips and hacks to grow and thrive in the real estate market. Join us as we interview top performing agents and share the secrets of their success. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's JP Flewellen with another episode of the success agent podcast. And I'm here today uh, with Chris Prefontaine and he is here uh, as a special guest. Um, we're kind of blessed to have him here today. Uh, he is a best-selling author of the book called new rules of the real estate investing uh, came out in 2017 and uh, he is a coach trainer, uh, him and his family actually uh, live and eat and breathe real estate investing. So he's going to tell us today a little bit about his story, um, how he got into real estate and in an investing game. And uh, we're going to kind of go through some tips, tricks, and tactics and how to uh, really just get tactical in uh, the field of real estate investing. And uh, so Chris, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and um, in your story.
1: Yeah, thanks, JP. I appreciate it. And it uh, sounds like with that lineup, I got my work cut out. So hopefully I can deliver <laughs> to you. Um, yeah, I started, I'm going to date myself here, but I started in 1991. Um, did some building at that time. Um, got my realtor's license in 95, became, uh, 94 probably, became a broker owner in 95. Built that and sold it to Cobalt Banker in 2000. That was the plan. It was never to be in long term. And then from 2000 on, I started coaching higher earning agents like 1 million and up around North America. So USA and Canada, it was mostly Canada at the time, even though I'm in the US. And then along that same path, I was doing my own investments finally. And then um, the lovely 2008 crash came. So there's a whole chapter in the book about it, but it was awful. But it did cause us to myself and now my family, my son and son-in-law, caused us to totally re-engineer what we do. We're not, I'm not realtor anymore. I just do my own investments and my same with my son. And we re-engineered that to just buy homes and sell homes on terms. So no banks. So lease purchase and owner financing. That's what we do now every day. And then with students around North America, we help them as well. That's a quickie 10,000 foot view. I can go back to any part of that.
0: Nice. Um, so so tell us about the book like give us a kind of a overview of kind of what people can expect from from the book and um and then the actionable items that are in there that a person could do like immediately
1: yeah so there's actually two that the new rules was was co-authored by my son-in-law zach and my son nick that's so there's two different two distinct differences yeah that one is cool for Hey, I want to look at all niches, because it's not just the terms niches, a few niches scattered in there, tax liens and all kinds of cool things, but also the mindset piece. Because as you know, you're building a team. I I teach the same to all students. Why do some come out of the funnel and do a deal in 30 days and some literally 365 days? All all the space between the years it is. So we work that in there too. Every single chapter has comments from myself and my son and son-in-law where they can go act on something in that particular chapter or niche. And then the real estate on your terms is specifically what we do every day, like A through Z. And for someone that wants to get after especially agents, um, you can literally add this, like tack this on as a profit center almost immediately. Uh, We did a huge group of agents last week, like 150 or 200. And it was just to say, hey, there's a profit center lurking out there that you're not getting to. Let's show you how to get into that. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest hurdles I think or, or challenges for real estate agents specifically is that they uh, they do real estate every day, and yet they're not investing in real estate themselves. And yeah, and so as a as a as an agent you know, how, how do you go about trying to find deals in terms of like, cause you're out there, we've got access to the MLS, you know, but how do you approach that first deal?
1: Yeah, this is, this is really good question applicable because if I knew what I knew, know now when I was a realtor, I mean, we were doing hundred homes a year. It wasn't like I had a small thing going on a nice team like you, but if I knew what I know now, I would have been dramatically more profitable and it wouldn't have been get a commission, do another deal, get a commission, do another deal. It would've been more wealth. So how do they do that? Think of it this way, generally speaking, and then we can dive deeper if you want. Think of any deal that you have to pass on or can't get it sold for any reason. Um, over leveraged and they don't want to do a short sale, um, stuck on price and just stubborn, can't budge, uh, don't want to pay a realtor fee or can't afford to. Anything that doesn't fit in the box, you can approach as an investor on a lease purchase or on a financing. And on the buyer side, unfortunately now with everything going on in the economy, they're just getting pushed out. Like so many of them can't qualify now. We get to run them through a tenant buyer program with a rent to own. So it's like crazy busy for us right now. And the realtors could just literally handpick deals that they're throwing away now. And I mean that in a nice way. Like they just can't do all the deals. Well, now you go into the seller and you're like the expert. The seller, you can morally and ethically say to the seller, hey, JP, I can list it, but I could probably buy it too. Let me look at your whole situation, see what's best for you. That's pretty cool.
0: So, so so kind of walk us through just a, a simple deal. So I'm I'm working, a, I got a guy that approaches me and says, "Hey, I want to list my home. Um, come to find out he's upside down on his mortgage and, you know, it sounds like that would be a good um, you know, situation to where, you know, you could get a tenant <coughs> there and do some sort of lease arrangement and yeah on that so or you flip it into a different kind of a, a deal so how tell me tell me about that
1: I'll give you an example so I can remember there's several but in 2013 similar to now people are saying to me you're crazy to buy you know you shouldn't be doing that and of course that gives you more incentive to go do it when everybody else is going the other the other way there was a house that was a woman was moving to Washington DC she had on the market numerous times with realtors numerous times like two years in a row and it was because it, she left it empty. Her son was kind of watching it, but she was totally bummed on it. And she was down to like, I'm trying to think of the pricing at the time. Maybe it was like 290, and she owed like 280 something. So she was ready to come out of pocket. When we met, it was because I called on an expired listing. Um, I explained to her that, look, I can take over the mortgage payments. Winter was coming. I can take over your mortgage payments, and but I need a long term of this because you're kind of upside down at that time. And so we took a nine-year lease purchase. I think I would have done it differently now, but nine-year lease purchase. So we're still in that deal. And fast forward now, JP, there's like, I don't know, 120 grand equity in that house now. Why? Because we place a tenant buyer in the home. We give them plenty of time to get mortgage ready. And the, the principal pay down all growing to me. Sure. So it's like I own it. So that, that's a good example of realtors just couldn't get it done. I know it. I, I get it. And so we took it on long term. Gotcha.
0: Now, um, so, so that's one example of a deal. So what about a a cash flowing deal today? Cause a lot of times like on those, you know, if they're only, if their payments, you know, 2,500 a month or whatever it is, and you know, you take over the mortgage payments and it's still 2,500 a month, there's really no cash flow in that deal. It's a long-term, you know, deal like on, on those. So give me an example of a deal that is going to cash flow every month.
1: Yep. So that one actually does flow, but, but let me, all of our deals, this, this question is good because all our deals do this. And this will get, I think, get everybody's attention because I was a realtor. It's one check, one deal. Yeah. There's three paydays per deal. Three. So we install a tenant buyer if they're qualified and if they look like they'll be mortgage ready with our pre-qualification process within the time frame that works for our seller and me, then we do this. We've got a non-refundable down payment. Our average is around 28 grand. Sometimes that's up front. Sometimes it's over time. They keep paying in like with tax refunds and whatnot. So payday one. Payday two is what you alluded to, the difference between I'm paying the underlying debt or a seller directly, if it's the owner financing, and I'm collecting that plus some from the tenant buyer. And we don't take the deal if that doesn't work, right? If there's no spread. So payday two is the spread. That, that's smaller for us in this area, like $308 a month, but that adds up. I mean, we get 50, 60 of these. Then the third payday is pretty interesting because the third payday is going to be the markup in the property, but more importantly, the principal pay down factor. So the longer that term goes, the more I get that. And so our three paydays average 75 grand per house and our students around the country range from like a low of 45 grand to a high of 250 and up depending on the price range. Well, That's neat as a realtor because... You have your listings and your sales, but then you have three paydays that start to like stagger themselves out for two, three, four, five, eight years. That's when it becomes pretty neat for the paydays. I don't know if that helps you see the picture there.
0: Sure, sure. So basically you've become a, a bank, if you will, yourself. Sort of. It's like, a,
1: um, it's like a middleman because like the 50 or 60 properties we have, I'm not on and never will be personally. This is an important point coming out of the crash and going into any cycle. We don't go on personally. It's we're paying in the loans in someone else's name or we're paying and we're not on it personally. So, yes, we're in between managing money and, and managing flows. So that makes it an infinite return if you think about it other than time.
0: Interesting. So if you're not on any of the mortgages, because, you know, you hear a lot of the, the guys out there that are in, investing, you know, they talk about, you know, creating trust accounts and creating these trusts. And then, you know, having the owners sign into a trust, we're not talking about stuff like that, right?
1: No, I know how to do it, but it's not like a lot of that's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to poop on anyone, but a lot of that's a little bit of a shell game. I mean, you, you can hide stuff, but if you, if, if something was wrong, you gotta, you gotta morally, ethically, you know, answer that, those questions you can't right, hide. Yeah. Stuff. Of course. It's, so it just doesn't, we just do things simple in an LLC or, or, or a basic trust, but yeah, it's simple. Gotcha
0: so okay so um so if a person's brand new let's say they're a brand new realtor they're brand new uh you know trying to get into real estate um they're they're trying to not only you know sell houses and buy you know help owners and buyers but they're also trying to look for that first investment deal. what is what's what is a person so, should be looking for
1: um <clears throat> i would if you're brand new Especially if you, if you want to control your cash flow, I would focus on two things. I'd focus on the lease purchase world instead of the owner financing. Cause lease purchase is like a $10 deposit we have built in. And as far as the seller side, I'd have the radar up. Like what's neat about realtors is you're already looking for deals. I would just have your radar up for deals that other realtors can't do. Like some of them that you and I talked about, um, and, and approach that as the expert. Look, during this time frame right now, JP, more than ever, and there's surveys on this already, people need and want and yearn for like, the expert, the guide. And when you start knowing how to do terms deals in your realtor, you're the expert. Like There's not many comp- competitive realtors in your area that will be able to compete with you because you, you have almost any deal with a seller you can walk in and go, I can do it this way or this way not sorry i can't list it based on what you know the numbers or whatever. well that's what i would do just have your radar up for things that other realtors can't do and then learn how to do terms basically so
0: so in so basically you have the your book basically goes through how to set up a terms deal
1: yeah the, the real estate on your terms is basically what we do like i hold nothing back it's it's what we do Um, And then, of course, I'm big on free JP. Um, So as you and I talked about, we'll give some books away in the show notes. But also, they can go on like YouTube and there's like a hundred and I don't know what it's up to now, 110 deals that we show. Like it's not all these are all the great ones. We show the good, the bad, the challenges. And it's called Deal Structure Sunday. Every Sunday we post one. And just go camp out there for free and go, hey, does this look like something that I'm probably going to run into? That'll get the realtors thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's so often that, um, you know, what holds a lot of real estate agents back is having that big upfront, you know, 20, 25% down payment to try to do some sort of, you know, investment property deal. and Yeah, don't. Uh, not <laughs> about, you know, that. And also, they're also caught up in, the well, if I want to get into the flipping game, well, then, you know, I could lose all my money or some of my money or make no money or, you know. Yeah. Feel disappointed, and then you know, I mean, flipping houses is just like selling property. You got to keep continuing, keep doing it, check, keep flipping the check, keep flipping. You the got it. residual income there.
1: Yeah. So I have nothing. I have nothing against um, flipping, JP. But to your point, you're you're dead on. But I like I have friends on my podcast like you that do that. So so I have nothing against it. The fact is, if you don't get that thing to scale like big. You don't have a business, you have a job. Like you said, you might as well just sell the houses as a realtor. But when you can start putting terms deals together where you have that three payday component, it's a different world.
0: So on any of your deals, you continue to hold all of them? Have you sold any of them?
1: Yeah, they cash out. uh, Some of them unfortunately, because we'll structure two, three, five year deals. And if we have a longer term, We'll say to the tenant buyer, look, I know they said you could be ready in two or three years, but you know, we're gonna leave you in here for four or five. Like we give them breathing room and they usually like it, but you do get that occasional call. Like we have two coming up next month, two cash outs. We call them payday three cash outs. So we applaud that because that the, the deal is we want to get these buyers to the finish line. That that's nice. So we do applaud that. And then we that three that payday three is always nice for us, but it, the longer it goes, it's even better. But yeah, they cash out. So you that's why I said you have the, like essentially a spreadsheet that says. Hey, I got now money. I got money over time that grows every deal. And then the third payday, they're staggered out like a few years out. That's pretty cool. So you can get off the treadmill like for six months if you want. You, you can predictably do that.
0: So what happens when you have a, a tenant deal that they just can't get it together? Do you have to just kind of like do a like quote unquote refinance and spread it out a little bit further?
1: You? you could, but then that would mean I got to go on a loan. So I don't do that. But there are many ways to pivot. Let me give you a few because you're right. Okay, I'll give you the percentage too. Two to 5% of our deals in a given year, they'll have uh, a life event, like it happens, right? As much as we can do to safeguard it, the more time you give them, they can have a death, a divorce, a job reload. The only thing we haven't had is someone win the lottery, but everything else has happened. And so what do you do? Well, a few choices in no particular order. You can uh, extend their time if your seller wants to work with you, if you don't own the house. You can get the extension from the seller first and then go to the buyer and say, hey, good news, every three months we can have a look at this. Or if they just default and they're gone from a life event, you can sell it off conventionally with a realtor. We do a lot of that with realtors. You can ask the seller then for an extension and do another rent to own. There's so many ways to pivot. And quite frankly, if with very few exceptions, it's usually more profitable because you're going further out. So it's not a bad thing. You just have to learn how to pivot. I call it, I use that word a lot today. But yeah, you, you, this ways out.
0: Nice. So um, in terms of like leverage, and I'm sure you guys have some sort of marketing that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about that piece of it. Like, you know, pulling in deals that are maybe not ones that are right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, get people to reach out to you. So kind of tell us a little bit about
1: that. Sure. A couple things. Um, the good news is unlike wholesalers and flippers who do like a lot of my friends are doing 10,000 a month, 20,000 a month on mailings. We don't. We do, uh, we have virtual assistants who will call on the, uh, the for rent by owner for sale by owner and the expired. So not too different from a realtor. And then if there's not enough leads in that, but that's, you'd be hard pressed. Like usually in your 50 mile radius, I call it there's, there's enough leads. If not, then we get niched. So we'll pick things like out of state owners and free and clear properties. I love free and clear property. And a third of the United States has free and clear property. Third, a third of the properties. Why are those cool? Because you can, let's say you have a free, a free and clear property, no mortgage on it. JP, I buy that, but I buy it instead of a lease purchase. I buy it owner financing, so you hold the mortgage, but I make monthly principal payments to you, no interest. So we have an ocean front not far from here. We pay twenty five hundred a month. That comes right off the principal. We bought it for nine hundred something thousand with next to nothing down, which is what we do. Well, that's neat because if you put out a loan, as you know, the amortization, you know, you get peanuts in principal. That's so. If you can do a deal for free and clear properties, get those leads in, and there's plenty in your market, then you're talking six figure deals every time. As long as that house is over 200 grand and you're going at least four years, you get a six figure deal over over the term.
2: Hi, it's Dr. Sherry from Titan Lead Coaching. You're either killing it right now in real estate or you're still learning and trying to gain momentum. But either way, you are in the perfect position for high-performance coaching. So what is high-performance coaching, you ask? Well, it's an extremely powerful way of keeping you focused on the research-validated behaviors that actually lead to success. So you take your goals, your dreams, your values, and your vision, and you pair them with the powerful systems in the high-performance life. And that is the result of high-performance coaching. So right now, I'm asking you to do two things, and both are on our website. First, I want you to get my free ebook that I specifically created for you. It highlights the top nine mindset traps that are going to get in the way of your true greatness and success. Second, I want you to test drive this high-performance coaching by investing in the $97 strategy session. It's an hour, but it's packed with self-discovery, insight, and action. It's less expensive than a night out on the town, but infinitely more important investment to your future. You deserve to give yourself this powerful opportunity now. Don't wait. Waiting is for the average, and I know, my friend, you are not average.
0: To take advantage of this offer, go to www.titanelitecoaching and click schedule your strategy session today. Nice. So okay, so you probably don't get this question very often. How do you work in areas where there's
1: no public data? Uh, as far as research and getting these things together,
0: cuz we I live in a I live in a non-disclosure state, so like a lot of your like your public records data like that, that usually is on a website or, you know, there's companies out there that are purchasing this information
1: all yeah.
0: to do. And there's about 14 States, I believe that are non-disclosure States. So how do you work in those kinds of States?
1: I just need to be honest with you. Most of these deals I need on the lease purchase side, I need a copy of the latest mortgage statement. And, and that'll tell me, especially if everything is escrow, that everything's up to date. Then if I move forward, we're going to run a snapshot title anyway. Tell me what's on the property. That's really all I need to know on a a financing deal or a deal with buying subject to existing financing. I need that plus I need a full title run, right? Before I buy it, like you would any house. Other than that, I don't need to do too, too much. In fact, we tell our students, some of them try to sit there and analyze every deal before they even call someone, it's a waste of time. You're just looking to see if someone's open for terms and I'll give you a script just to tell you what I mean. So I call you and you're either expired for rent by owner, for sale by owner, doesn't matter. But my question to you is real simple. If I can get you to your price, JP, and we'll talk about that, but if I can get you to your price, are you open to doing that on a lease purchase or on the financing? In other words, can you wait for your equity if you haven't? And if that's yes, which is like 30 to 40% of the people we talk to, great, let's talk further. If not, there's no conversation anyway, so why go research it? Right.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times if the title company is involved and they're willing to you know, if they get the deal, once it finally closes, they'll give you a courtesy title a lot of
1: times. Yeah. There's a lot of commission there for them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, um, so tell me about, um, it says that you guys, uh, partner with your students. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your coaching program and then tell us how, what it looks like when you're partnering with your students.
1: Sure. So as I said earlier, really I'm big on free. So it, hypothetically, if somebody dug into the free webinar on the YouTube, and they said, okay, all right, I want to approach this and, and I'm a realton, this seems cool. All right. After that, there's a there's an academy, Smart Real Estate Coach Academy. It's all online, but the but the big point I want to make here is that's a base course. But the big point here is it's not a go take this course and just go do deals. The course is a living, breathing, evolving thing. That we're constantly updating because, like, now things are changing right in the market. So, I'm talking about even the agreements we use, the little tweaks that we learn in the field, we constantly update that. So, it becomes a resource center and a course. So, that's the base course. Even to come to one of our events, people go through that because, whether it's virtual or a live event, if you go, you're gonna be like getting a drink with a fire hose and not even know what we're talking about because there was no base course. So, everybody does that. After that, we've had people go one of two directions. One, they go do deals on their own. We love it. They report to us. It's really neat. Two, they say, I get it, but I want to fast track it and I want it on my shoulder. Then we have three different levels of, uh, we call it associates, but essentially what you said is partnering. Will we revenue share with them? But it's not for life. Like You don't need us for life. You need us to do your first handful of deals and then you go, got it, and you're off and running. So usually that equates to about 10 deals. By then, you, you got a good grip on it. So there's different ways of looking at that or different ways to participate in that, rather. But we only do it those two ways, JP. Like, We don't do masterminds and things like that unless they're a revenue share partner with us because we have a mission as a company, and that's not to sell stuff or to put people on mastermind. It's to do deals. So everything, every decision we make is to do deals, and that's why we've structured that.
0: Well, and you learn the most uh, from how to do these by doing the deals. Yeah, big time. You know, talking about it is so theoretical that it's, it's like your experience might be different than my experience and you might have all easy deals and I have all super hard deals, you know, complicated deals. So for us to sit there and go back and forth, isn't getting anything done, you know, it's doing the work, you know, I agree
1: that actually is why and how we got to this conversation because I won't call anyone out, but there's just too many courses out there, as you know, and, and real to specific in and investing both that it all looks great and shiny and fluffy. And then you go in the real and you go, Oh, they didn't tell me that. And there's a whole chapter in my book that's called what can go wrong. And I've actually been criticized by other educators going, why are you doing that? You're going to scare people away. No, we're going to tell them like this stuff happens and we're here to help you get through it. You know?
0: Well, and it's, it's gotta be tactical. It's gotta be hands-on. It has to be actionable. Um, there's so many out there, that are it's all like you're getting you're reading it you're halfway through you still haven't read anything that's tactical yet right and then you're like but if you really want to get tactical read my yeah. other book and then you read that one and it's the same thing over again and so it's like no tell me how to do it you know and so yeah and if you always have that attitude of helping people um, you know, it's always going to come back, you know, and that's, what's the beauty of actually giving tangible. Cause we've gotten the, we get so much of the fluff already throughout. our. I agree. Life, so
1: I'm, I'm the opposite. So one of our, one of our core values is clear, blunt, and to the point we are so like, I just want to tell you how to do it. I probably skipped some of the fluff that I probably should throw in there. Like I did, just, here's how it works. We're very blunt and to the point.
0: Nice. Um, so So, okay. So I am, let's say I'm not a realtor. I I just, I have, uh, 500 bucks and, and, and lots of ambition, um, that I really just want to get into the real estate investing game. I want to go out there. I want to try to find deals. Um, just give me like a five minute rundown, start to finish. This is how I'm going to do this. Go.
1: Okay. So, I'm going to assume there's a base knowledge there, like I said, from the course. And here's what we're going to do. You're going to, let's pick a niche. Let's pick just expireds. Let's keep this very simple. So you run your expireds, You call and use the script that I just used to you saying, I know it didn't sell, but if it did, where are you going? And if it does sell, can you wait for your, your equity? Okay. If they're open, then what? Then you send them what we call a sell doc. It's just a description of terms. It's one page. We give it to them in the course. They put their name on it. So then that goes to them and that tells the seller, like, what does this mean? What, what does lease purchase mean? What does terms mean and why? And it's even been updated with COVID a- applications because it's even more readily available. Okay, so if they're open for that, then you learn how to, on the free YouTube channel, you learn how to structure those deals. Like, what would you tell them? And I'll give you an example. If someone owed, let's use um, $300,000 house, it was expired, didn't sell. And they owe two fifty. dollars So they think they got $50,000, but now in their mind, they probably that's probably disintegrating, right? So I said to them, no worry. If you're go a long enough term, I'm going to do two things at the end of the term. I'm going to give you the full 50. Like you didn't get it. It's an expiry listing. But I'm going to give you that full 50. That's what gets their attention. And I'm going to pay off your loan. Now your loan's not going to be 250 anymore, right? So that's where we benefit. But they're happy and we're happy because of that. Uh, if they agree to the term, uh, you make that agreement contingent upon you finding your tenant buyer. And then you expose the house to rent to own. And people say, well, that's the hard part, right? No, the hard part is getting the property. The easy part is saying to the 82, probably higher now, percent of the buyers out there that can't get loans today, you can go this route and eventually be mortgage ready with us and the the plethora of calls you get is inundating, quite frankly. And then there's a whole system in the course that shows you how to capitalize on the buyer. And then we marry this all together. Depending on the term, you have yourself a payday one now, a payday two over time every month, And a payday three, that could be three or four years out. That's an expired deal in a nutshell.
0: Nice. So if I don't have access to expireds and I'm not a real estate agent,
1: then what's the route there? There's actually, when I started doing terms, you had to be a realtor. Now you don't have to. Uh, On our site, there's a resource center and the company we use is MyPlus Leads. And we get uh, expired for rent-by-owner and for sale-by-owner, all three now. They don't have to be licensed. Wow. Yeah, pretty simple. And it wasn't, we used to have to go to like, my son was a relative still then we had Red X, you know, but now you can get it.
0: Wow. Nice. Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, your pivoting in 08, like how did what were you doing prior to 08? What were you doing during 08 and beyond? And then how did that prepare you for this COVID
1: crisis? Yeah, so you just want to throw some salt in that wound, right? From 08. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, prior to 08, it was what you alluded to, JP. It was, I, I, like everyone else, thought 20% down, 25% down, go buy it, cash flow it, save up, or get an investor and do it again. Well, when the market went down by a third, one of my projects went down by two-thirds. It was a condominium conversion project, and talk about a nightmare. Where do you think the banks go? They go to whoever signed personally. So I was on twenty two, twenty three 23 properties personally. So from February of 08, I remember like it was yesterday, like a light switch went off. It went for four years until February of 12. I had to work out of those twenty two, twenty three 23 properties. And it was painful. Uh, lessons learned, but painful. So we said, what are we going to do if, we weren't even sure if we we're going to keep going, but what are we going to do if we keep going? So into 12 and now what we're doing today is still was um, create these terms deals that you and I just talked about. To, and never sign personally and alone, unless it's for your personal house, in which case you could even do that on terms and should, but if, but if you must, that's okay. I would deal with that. Um, and so w- we set it up to be as recession resistant as we could, not knowing about COVID coming. And now with this happening, it's it got tested, which I knew it would, it got tested and it's thriving. Why? Because when banks tighten or shut down and sellers have nowhere to go and buyers have nowhere to go. You're the only door open. It was great before it, but it's even better now. And so what are you going to do to make sure you're safeguarded? Just structure longer terms. And guess what? The sellers are open to it. They, overnight, they, they talk from three or four years to 10 just because they know what's going on and they need a solution. So our students now, as a normal uh, protocol, are getting five, seven, 10-year terms, whereas before we were probably pushing for three, four. So, uh, longer terms, think about it. If I have your house, JP, on a 10-year term, do I really stress about right now what the market's doing when I have massive principal pay down and I got 10 years? I don't stress at all with it.
0: Agents, wouldn't it be great to have the ultimate buyer's guide to hand out to your clients? Wouldn't it be great to have one resource that had all the answers to tell your buyers what not to do and what to do during the sales process. Would it be great to give a good, concise guide to your buyers on how to decide what their wants and needs are when looking for a home? Well, look no further. Real Estate Brain, seven hacks for buying like a pro, gives you all the resources on how to tell your buyers to be the most productive in the workplace. Tips on what not to do after going under contract, how to get financed, who your buyers should be reaching out to before they reach out to a realtor, overcoming fears and understanding their power as a buyer. Just go on Amazon.com, search for real estate brain, and prime members can get this book out within 48 hours. So what's the uh implications? Um, especially like on a rent to own situation where you know there's you're seeing a lot of this stuff online right now. Don't pay your rent, don't pay your rent, you cannot do it, you can get away with not Very doing it. Very good point. So yep. what, What's the strategy there?
1: Yeah. So we have out of our 60 properties, might be 62, we have one person, and it's a bummer because it's a really nice house that is affected directly by this, but that but also does not have a fallback plan. Now, why do I say that? There is an enormous difference. I own a big building in Illinois from when my brother passed away, and it's all rentals. There's a big difference between that building and all these rent owned buyers. Why? Because I see it. Like I'm dealing with both. Well, they're renters. So if the government says, or the town, or the county says, or the, or the governor says, hey, don't pay your rent, you're okay, they're not going to pay it, most of them. Right. The tenant-buyer situation is different because the tenant-buyer has a purchase contract. It's basically a delayed purchase contract with the rent-to-own being the vehicle, the pathway to get there. So they're buyers. So that's like the, the, the responsibility is totally different, as you probably know, if you have a rental, even one rental. So we've found just this one person was directly related to the subcontractor. All the other buyers are paying and even paying their scheduled deposits for their payday ones. Um, And so my answer is I think it's because they're buyers and they act responsible. They don't want to lose their option to purchase. Yes, the government's saying you can stop your rent, but the government can't control the purchase agreement. Now, morally and ethically, do we want to work with them? Yeah. So if someone's late or said, hey, I might need a month, we go, okay, no problem. As long as we're communicating, that's all. That's the only thing.
0: So to kind of get a little bit, I'm sure a lot of your students are, are real estate agents still. Some, yep. So how have you heard of any um, challenges with um, with the brokerages that they're with and how they do a, a, a purchase deal and then how do they pay their brokerage there? Yep, um, this is
1: great. Um, I've seen two things happen. I've seen, because I was on both ends of it. I, I've seen the broker owner totally get it and not only say, say to them one of two things, either do it in your LLC, I'm cool with it because it's technically like building homes or something. else. No, you don't have to do it through the brokerage. That's, that's a conversation you have to have. I've even seen broker owners say, yeah, run it through the, run it through here. I want to see the deals that come through. But I want to teach the other agents there this because I had 15 agents. I didn't have a big agency when I had it. But if those 15 agents back then knew how to do this, we would have crushed it from an expertise standpoint in that market. So if a broker owner is proactive, they're going to really put themselves in a, in a good position. And then who cares if they take their piece of the deal, right? So I think that conversation has to happen up front. We've even done, um, Lab code agents had us on a few times. We're big in that community. And we've done like webinars for offices to teach their agents how to do this. Pretty cool. Because you, again, you become the authority. And right now people need that. They just need to be
0: led, Sure. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like there's so many ways to do real estate. It's, it's just mind blowing and niche
1: within niche with a niche, right?
0: uh, Yeah. It just goes further, further down the funnel. And, you know, and there's several ways to, to make money in this business. And, um, and it's just a blessing and a curse sometimes because sometimes you get so much that you can't do all the deals because they're just, some of them are super complicated because there's, you know, a death and there's probate and then there's all these other things and, you know, courts and attorneys and, you know, all that stuff. So as most of your documents have been vetted by an attorney.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we've had our attorney on board since 2013. He's local here. He speaks at each event and the, the students get to pick his brain. But what we've done is one of the modules, the start was 10, now it's 12. The mod 11 in the course is all our forms and checklists. And then since then, We've hit probably, oh, with the 80 or so associates around the country and into Canada, we've hit probably 20 or so states. And the agreements are great. Once in a while, an attorney there will have to put their scent on it. I call it like change a couple of things for tenant law or something like that. But by and large, they're very well written. And that's the feedback from literally hundreds of attorneys. So yeah, they've been pretty well tested.
0: That's awesome. So have you guys pivoted? Uh, are you doing a lot of online courses now? Or are you guys still doing in person?
1: luckily, JP, prior to this, for about a year, we were doing two things. Personally, as a family team, we were trying to buy as much as we could virtual with boots on the ground like appraisers and builders had applied, said, so, yeah, I'll go do your inspection for you and I'll send you the report. You don't have to go to the house. So we, we coincidentally, we're doing that already. So now we're teaching students how to do that virtual. That's good. Second thing, as far as a coaching company, um, a week before the April 2nd event, we had a pivot and say, we're going virtual. We had no idea how it was going to go. Well, our attendance went up three and a half times, our sales went up three and a half times because people now are saying, I, I love the community. Like they're like family, these guys, the- our community. They said, I love the community, but we actually talk more virtually because we were putting them in breakout rooms all day long and, and giving them assignments. And they loved it because they talked to so many different people more so than if they were sitting side by side in a room. So right now we're still virtual. We have a big event in September. We only do two a year. And so we're going to be virtual there and who knows for next spring, right? You and I, we don't know that I would be on a beach somewhere, right? Right. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, We don't know that answer.
0: Well, awesome. Well, Chris, this has been fantastic, man. I appreciate it. This is a lot of knowledge. I think uh, our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of what they're able to hear today. I hope Um, so. There was one big takeaway that you could give to our audience today. What would that be?
1: Um, kind of this kind of wraps up what we talked about, I guess, when you say that. So it would be this I, I know there are relatives or a lot of people are, but do this. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant, like find something, in this case, a niche that you like. To your earlier point, there's too many shiny objects. Like don't get distracted, get a niche you like. Then find someone in that niche, number two, that is doing it and is currently doing it, not 20 years ago. Like they're in the trenches, like you are with your team. Third, then follow them with blinders on for 36 months and not let that shiny object syndrome get in the way that you alluded to. So find the niche, get the person in that niche that can help you like hands on now. And third, don't deviate for 36 months. That formula, I don't care what business you're starting, you'll have a great experience. Anything short of that, you're kind of winging it.
0: Absolutely. I would totally agree. Uh, If people want to learn more about your coaching program, or just want to reach out to you or your team? What's the best mm-hmm. way to get a hold of you?
1: Um, I'll go on a limb here with COVID and, and put a link out for a call, but I'll also give you a, a, a site so they can go to it If they don't mind dealing with listening to me for another hour, there's a free webinar. It's free. I, I'm big on that. Um, they can, if they want a call, because the, the realtors uh, I can dive deeper with, right? So if they want a personal call, myself or my son-in-law Zach will be the only two doing it go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash action. It'll just ask them like two or three things. So we know, hey, have you done deals? Have you not done? And then we'll jump on a call here. So I know that's probably putting a lot out there to your audience, but I, I we'll handle it. We'll, we'll get the calls done. Happy to help.
0: Awesome. All right, Chris. Well, I appreciate your time today. And um, for those of you guys that want to get a copy of any of Chris's books, I believe that they're going to be a link in the description um, instructions there. And I uh, appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us today. And uh, we'll catch you guys all in the next episode of the Success Agent Podcast.
1: Thanks, JP. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Success Agent Podcast, hosted by
1: JP Fluellen. To find more content, go to wyomingrealestatecareers.com. Please also go to Success Agent on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, and if you find the content valuable, Please share this podcast and give it a five-star review. It helps us with our rankings. This has been another episode of the Success Agent Podcast.